بلادي 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 كم أحب بلادي 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 كم أحب بلادي بلادي الحبيبة بلادي 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 الحبيبة في قلبي كم أحب بلادي بلادي الحبيبة بلادي 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 الحبيبة في قلبي كلما رأيت بلادي كلما رأيت كلما رأيت صادقا أذكر بلادي أذكر بلادي أذكر بلادي Empowering the Ummah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Bismillahirrahmanirrahim.Bismillahirrahman
fungus infections from collecting under the skin. Now, one of the factors that can prevent ingrown toenails is by cutting the nails straight across and rounding them off at the tips for maximum strength. And it's important for us to use a sharp nail scissors so there's no breakage of the nails. And again, the, uh, the nails should be free of filings. With a, it must be filed with a fine textured file. And important for us to advise patients that biting the fingernails and removing the cuticles can cause damage to the nail. Water is an important factor. The more exposure we have to water, uh, we have to water the more problems that we can get with the nails. And as we are aware that we, when we leave the hands in water for a long period of time, the nail becomes brittle. So it is important to trim nails regularly and keep them short, and this minimizes trauma and injury to the nails. The, one of the ways of, uh, of looking after the nails and having healthy nails by soaking the feet in lukewarm water, one can put a teaspoon of salt in a liter of water, and then one soaks one's toenails and, for 10 minutes, and therefore it makes it easier to cut. And then there's a certain type of creams that one can use. One of them is urea cream, and this can soften the nail as well, and it is, makes it easier to trim. Now, it is important that we should avoid digging out ingrown toenails. That's a common phenomenon when we find that the toenail is ingrown, then we want to try and sort of remove it with our fingers, uh, with our nails as well, and that can cause problems. Another factor that's very, very important is that we should wear fits, uh, shoes correctly, and uh, that's important because ill-fitting shoes can actually cause trauma and injury to the nail plate. As soon as we get any trauma, then it's a focus for entry of bacteria and fungus into the nails. And again, if the person has any problems with nails or swelling of the nail or pain, then one needs to see a dermatologist urgently. And again, we should be aware that diabetic patients have poor circulation and therefore they may be prone to getting certain infections. So, Shafat, uh, I just want to go to certain common conditions of the nail. And the one that we talk about is uh, white spots on the nail. And this white spots can be caused by trauma and can be caused by certain injuries to the nail. And then splinter hemorrhages, this is blood, uh, blood under the nails, particles of blood under the nails. And this occurs when the nail is injured, but it can also occur from certain medical conditions and cardiac conditions where the splinter arises in the heart. So it's called splinter hemorrhages. And it is important that the person should be seen by a dermatologist that correct diagnosis needs to be made so we can find the underlying cause. And as I mentioned, Shafat, that the common cause of this is trauma to the nails. As I mentioned, the ingrowing toenails are common. And what happens with ingrowing toenails is the nail curves into the skin and the big toenails are particularly vulnerable. And again, improper nail trimming is an important factor, and ingrowing toenails may be painful and sometimes lead to infections, and proper treatment can avoid problems. Now, one of the most common and, uh, and serious conditions of the nail is fungal infections, and we find that in our community as well. It's a common problem. One of the most important things is that when we make avtas, we need to make sure that our feet and nail are, are dry, 
So it is important to carry, you know, some uh, paper towel to the moss. And after one makes up dust, one needs to dry the feet thoroughly. Now, fungus infections develop from common uh, fungi, and one of them is candida. Candida is a common cause of nail infections. Now, fungal infections of the nail actually affect 12% of our population, so it is significant and it can be treated. And it is important that it's treated early. So when we see patients with a fungal infection of the nails, we do certain tests, microscopic tests, and we do certain uh, fungal tests in the lab to confirm the fungal infection because the tablets that are prescribed are taken for a prolonged period of time. On the toenails, one needs to use it for a period of three months. So it's a long period of treatment, so therefore we need to make the correct diagnosis. Now, the tablets we all aware are tablets like Lamisil, Fluzol, and Sporinox. These are commonly prescribed for nail infections. The nail infection actually involves the, the, uh, the nail plate as well as the underlying nail uh, tissue. Now, one of the other problems that can affect nails is bacterial infections, and these present with an infection where one gets redness, swelling, and pain of the skin folds, and this might be caused by a bacteria. And the common cause of this is an injury to the nail or the surrounding part of the nail, which exposes the nail to water, chemicals, and bacteria enter as well. And these can be treated with antibiotic tablets as well as antibiotic ointment like Bactroban. Can I continue, Shafa? You know what, I'd just like to summarize some of the things that you said, Dr. Brilliant, indeed, perhaps you can have your cold water that you, hey, I know you got some Zamzam water there. I'll let you drink that whilst I, you know, give the summary to the listeners this evening. Certainly. While Dr. talks, uh, talks about keratin there, you know, I, I mean, Dr., you talk about keratin, you know, that that's our fingernail, and if, if we file that, it say it's very much like the horn of a rhino. How true is that, Dr.? Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. So basically, the horn of a rhino is made of thick keratin, and interestingly, the fingernails and the hair is made of keratin. Therefore, when we when we examine the hair, it doesn't have any feelings to it, so it doesn't have any nerve uh, nerves in the hair. The same with the nails, unless the problem is with the nail fold or the underlying aspect of the nail. So again, I fully agree with you. Uh, brilliant. I wonder why those uh, Chinese guys don't go for fingernails instead of going for the <laughs> rhino horn. You know, <laughs> it can save them a lot of fine. But uh, yes, uh, you talk about fingernails, uh, they grow much uh, quicker uh, than uh, the toenails. Uh, the fingernails grow uh, two millimeters uh, per month, and the toenails are one millimeter per month. And uh, you say, yeah, you know, sure. very importantly, that we keep our nails uh, clean and dry, and we should use, uh, you know, sharp scissors. And uh, do not bite nails. A lot of people get very nervous and they start biting onto the nails. And as a doctor says, uh, do not bite the nails. Water is a problem. Yeah, you know, they said, oh, you know, you must use my Kota cream now. It's got athlete's feet and so forth. And uh, you keep your nails short. Yeah, that's a sunnah, people, to keep the nails short and, you know, how to trim your nail sunnah style. And also, uh, uh, if you are uh, clipping your toenails, uh, soak them in uh, lukewarm water with some salt there. And some people like using the Himalayan salt, the rough one. Very good indeed. And then uh, for after 10 minutes, take it out and uh, do some trimming. And a doctor talks about ingrown uh, toenails. Uh, be careful how you trim them. 
And if you're diabetic and all, you know, it can be very dangerous if you do the wrong things. Using the right shoes, invest in a good shoe, and it'll, you'll notice that the shoe should be uh, fitting you well, or too tight shoes can cause a lot of problems for you. And he talks about the, you know, different types of signs you can get just by looking at your nails. You know, the trauma comes in, uh, you can look at those white spots and the splinter hemorrhages, uh, some, un, uh, you know, underlying causes, uh, the big toenail, as we said, the ingrown uh, toenail, very, very dangerous indeed if you don't know what you're doing. And if you are, uh, you know, diabetic, as I said earlier on, doctor talks about uh, fungal infection. He talks about uh, tablets. You can take uh, Lamisil and also bacterial infection and so forth. Yes, sir, doctor, you know, making a lot of sense uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, when we advertised you, a lot of uh, questions uh, did come through. But, you know, perhaps uh, on a more serious note, if your fingernails, by looking at them, as you said, uh, uh, the, the dermatologist, uh, I mean, you, you can actually see what's wrong with the people. If you have a pale nail, it could be anemia, half pink and half white nails. Uh, you know, the danger of kidney disease. I mean, just by looking at people's uh, fingernails, half pink, half uh, white nails. Hey, it's dangerous. Uh, doc, talk to me. That's correct. I certainly agree with you, Shafat. Uh, one of the conditions that can occur on the fingernails is a spoon-shaped nail. It's called colonicia where the fingernails are in the shape of a spoon. And that's an indication of iron deficiency, low iron. And the low iron can be either due to uh, decreased intake of iron in one's diet, or it can be due to excess uh, blood loss. Either person may have a GI problem, a gastric problem where they're losing blood, or if a woman has excessive menstrual bleed, they can lose iron as well. So once one diagnoses the uh, the coil nickia or spoon shape, one can do an iron level blood test and then treat appropriately. And once one treats it, the nail returns to normal. Then, as I mentioned, diabetics are also prone to getting various kinds of nail infections. And it's interesting, there's a condition which affects the heart valves, the cardiac valves, and this can actually lead to splinters in the nail. So by looking at the nail, one can actually make diagnosis of underlying medical conditions. And as you mentioned, kidney disease can also affect the nails. So there's a whole spectrum of conditions that can affect the nails. And then we can look at the areas around the nail fold and the, and the nail. And one of the problems that we can get are what's actually around the nails, underneath the nails or around the nails. And if it involves the nails, it can affect the shape of the nails. And a very, very important factor is tumors under the nail. There is a condition called melanoma, and we're all aware of melanoma found in the skin, but it can actually involve the nail as well. And if this is not diagnosed early, then we can get high mortalities. So the melanoma presents as a black streak on the nail, and then it affects the, the, the skin surrounding the nail as well. And it is absolutely essential that we make an early diagnosis in order to treat this condition, which can be fatal. Now, getting back to the nails, uh, what one needs to do is to advise patients, as I mentioned earlier, about, about nail health and nail care. Now, sometimes we get a condition called psoriasis. As we have discussed on previous talks, psoriasis is a condition that can affect the scalp, elbows and the knees would create scaly spots and this can affect the nail in various ways. It can cause little drops on the nails like little 
pits on the nails or it can cause damage to the nails. And uh, psoriasis can be diagnosed from the nails as well. And an important factor which you alluded to earlier is nail biting and nail uh, sort of breakage. And if one develops this disorder, then one is susceptible to nail conditions, especially it's important that the nail biting breaks the nail's con uh, contiguity. That, that is the normal structure of the nail. And the nail biting can also affect the looks of the nail as well. It can damage the skin surrounding the fingernails, and it allows infections to spread. Infections, both bacterial infections, as well as fungal infections like candida, which I mentioned earlier. So it's an easy way to transfer infections into the fingers. And again, nail biting can actually uh, cause a lot of damage to the nail. One of the other important factors, Shafat, is people who use nail polish and nail varnish. Now, these contain chemicals which can actually damage the nail and the areas surrounding the nail as well and cause breakage to the nail as well. And this is very, very important. We need to advise patients not to have a manicure or a pedicure because when they do that, they actually pull the, 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 the nail sort of um, the nail fold backwards and therefore it exposes the nail to fungal infections, to bacterial infections and water can go under the nail and it can damage the nail. So it is very, very important for us to be aware of that, to advise our patients to avoid having those done. And um, the other important factor is that one needs to make sure that our nails are not swollen or we have pain around the nail because that can indicate a nail problem. Our, we don't have, do not have ridges or dents on the nail as well. And if treatment is prescribed, it is important that the treatment must be completed. Nails grow very slowly, so they grow slowly at an at a, at a rate of two millimeters on the toenails and one millimeter on the fingernails per month. So therefore, one needs to treat the patients for a prolonged period of time. So again, as I mentioned, certain conditions like liver disease can present with white nails. Kidney disease, as you had mentioned, half of the nail is pink and half is white. Heart condition where the nail bed has little blood vessels. And lung diseases where one can get thickening of the nail. And then anemia, which I mentioned, presents with spoon-shaped nails. And diabetes, one can get yellow discoloration, and they are prone to getting various types of infection of the nails as well. It's such an amazing thing, uh, doctor, just looking at uh, people's fingernails. And uh, you notice that a lot of people do take good care of the nails, you know. But uh, the point you made about filing the nails, I mean, there's a... You know, people go to beauticians. I mean, some men are going to beauticians too for getting their nails filed or get their toe done, you know, and all the filing that takes place. But there's a method of filing, as you said, and, uh, you know, clipping your nails. Uh, you know, remind us one more time, doctor, how you cut it, because you said you cut it straight and then you cut the edges. You round them up. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's correct, Shafat. So what, the, what, what one needs to do is... Uh, we shouldn't cut the nails too short. It's important to cut it short, but not excessively short. And again, one needs to cut across a straight line. So what happens, and then trim on the side. So what happens, the nail doesn't grow into the skin and causes ingrowing toenails. Then you find uh, certain individuals, you know, they're always, uh, instead of, uh, you know, trimming the nails, uh, they will always uh, maybe take a toothpick or something like that and clean the nails out or even, you know, the file. They take the file where they file the nails quite often. 
And uh, are you totally uh, against uh, filing or it should be uh, clipped, uh, doctor? Uh, clipping and filing. So what happens when we clip the nails, the nails have rough edges. So when we file the nails, then the edges become smooth. So therefore, it doesn't cause any trauma to the nails. The important point is that one shouldn't use a, a, a toothpick to, you know, to try and remove any sort of uh, dirt or any kind mm. of uh, any kind of dirt under the nails. So it's important one takes a, a, a nail brush or one can use a toothbrush as well and one can gently sort of uh, brush that area in order to dislodge the dirt. That's a brilliant point indeed, uh, people. Yeah, don't go and take that. Uh, some people, you know, got a bad habit of taking even a pen and suddenly they realize, hey, I used a black pen and it's gone even more darker under, the, under my nails. And some people even use it for uh, the ear, you know, to clean it out and all that. So not advisable. We can talk to uh, our my cousin there, uh, Dr. Zubair Gular Khan, you know, about the ENT. Yes. Your connection too, doctor, I know that. But, uh, you know, correct, yeah. yeah. And uh, talk to me about the brittle, brittle nail syndrome. Is it uh, more, you know, uh, apparent in uh, people of uh, older age than younger people? That's correct. The brittle nails, basically what happens is that the nail becomes tender and therefore it sort of becomes rough and becomes soft as well. And this can occur either to trauma, excessive exposure to water, and wood age as well. Now, it's important that we can treat the, this problem. We use a tablet called biotin, which strengthens the nail. So the biotin, B-I-O-T-I-N, is used at a dose of 5 milligrams daily, and we use it for a period of six months. And this can give structure and strength to the, to the nail. I'm looking at a message on the screen. It says, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Dokrath, we're really enjoying you this evening. Is there any tablets or any vitamins that we should take for our nails to be strong and uh, the right color? That's a good question, doctor. That's, that's correct. So there's two ways of managing that shafat. One of the ways is topical where we look after the nails and we apply sort of various types of cream and moisturizers to the nail. And then the other way is by taking tablets. And as I mentioned, the biotin is very good and it strengthens the nail as well. Now, if a person has low iron levels, then one also supplements them with iron tablets as well. So it's a combination of treatments. Uh, this question says, uh, my child has indented nails. What should I do, doctor? I don't know what that is, doctor. Uh, okay, one needs to check the age of the child. The, if it's a very small child, then it might be sort of familial or congenital. Uh, and uh, again, we always look at trauma to the nails. So it depends whether many nails are involved or one nail is involved. If there's many nails involved, then it can be part of a condition where we, we call it 20-nail dystrophy, where the 20 nails are involved and they become soft and they become sort of damaged as well. And if one nail is involved, then it can be due to trauma of that nail. So one needs to do a clinical assessment. If the mom is worried, then they can seek an, the advice of a dermatologist. But generally speaking, if it's not a problem and if it's not causing symptoms or signs, then one can just leave it and see what happens and wait for the nails to grow out. Tariq says, Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Dokrat. I'm getting afraid. I'm looking at my nails uh, this evening. And I notice a lot of uh, discoloration. 
So am I a chronic patient? Okay. Doctor, how you respond uh, to Tariq? Yes, yeah, sure. If the discoloration on uh, on the toenails, if the discoloration is on the toenails, then what one needs to do is to seek help because one can do a, a skin t- a nail test where one can identify and confirm a fungus infection. If that is so, then one needs treatment and by tablets as well as with topical creams and nail lacquers as well. So this is important. Uh, if it's involving the fingernails, it could be what we call candida, C-A-N-D-I-D-A, and that is a yeast infection as well. So one needs to make a diagnosis. If it affects the patient, then they certainly need to uh, seek the, attend, uh, the help of a dermatologist. This question says, uh, Doctor, my finger has my fingernails have taken on like a bluish tinge. A cousin who is a, also a doctor told me, I may have some heart problems, but I'm feeling good. I breathe properly. I just feel that, that you know, I don't want to go and check it out. But is it a chronic uh, ailment because I'm fit, doctor? How do you respond to this uh, individual here? I'm, I'm in full agreement with the, with the listener. The thing is this, uh, if we have to think of underlying conditions like heart conditions, then it's a certain pattern. But in this patient's condition, it's just one nail, and if it has a tinge of, of blue or red, then it's a local problem. Sometimes it's related to circulation, but I would not worry about it, and I fully agree with the patient. Anonymous sister says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Brother Shafat Ahmad Khan, uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain, and uh, Dr. Dokrat. I want to know, uh, we ladies have uh, thinning and thickening of hairs when I mean, we use uh, certain uh, types of uh, um, uh, medication. But what about nails? Can you thicken and get your nails thin, uh, thin too? Doctor, how do you respond to sister there? Certainly. There's two ways of, of managing that. One is the local treatment, what we do to the nails. And as I mentioned, one can soak the nails in lukewarm water with a teaspoon of salt. One can leave it, uh, leave the nails soaked in, in water for 10 minutes. And then one can also use soft oil. You know, one can use olive oil to apply to the nails and give it a bit of strength and give it a bit of contour as well. And then, as I mentioned, uh, for brittle nails and for nail problems, Biotin is very effective and helpful, and it strengthens the nail as well. Uh, Sister Sumeya says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Dokrat. My dada's uh, finger, uh, fingers are always swelling, and there's always a redness around his nails. What can we do? We feel so sorry for him. Okay. Uh, it depends on the age of, uh, of her grandfather, number one. Number two is... Uh, usually, uh, as patients age, the nails, uh, the circulation to the fingers are not as optimum as uh, the rest of the body, and therefore, uh, the circulation can affect the nail as well. And as people age, their nails become thin, and they be basically prone to any form of trauma, which can cause an effect on the nail as well. So basically, the advice I had given about managing nail care, you know, by applying uh, a na- uh, an oil to the nail to give it some strength as well. That would be helpful. This question says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Chef. I'd like to stay anonymous. No matter what I do, but the shape of my fingernail is embarrassing. Everyone looks at me, even at functions, I have to hide and eat. Please, doctor, what can I use uh, to get my finger 
my fingernails back in shape. Doctor? Okay. Uh, Shafat, in this patient, one needs to make a clear diagnosis because the shape of the fingernails can be affected by lots of conditions as well. And sometimes it's also conditions where one is born with abnormally shaped fingernails. So I would advise this person to seek the help of a dermatologist who will make a firm diagnosis of a condition and treat appropriately. So, Doctor, if we have to describe a healthy nail, so we would say maybe the nail should be smooth and have a consistent color. What else, Doctor? Yes, Shafat. Uh, the fingernails should be sort of smooth and it should have a shine on it and there should be no damage to the cuticle. The skin surrounding the nail must be healthy as well. So all those co combination actually provides uh, qualities to the nail which are helpful and which are healthy. Uh, Babu Ba says, I'm listening to you from uh, Musgrave, uh, loud and clear. Uh, salam to the doctor there in uh, Cape Town. Tell him I'll visit him soon. Uh, do, he wants to know, do nails uh, show signs of diabetes, uh, doctor? Yes, Shafat. Uh, again, there's a couple factors. First of all, uh, diabetes patients have discolored nails. Uh, secondly, the diabetes patients have may have yellow nails, and again, the circulation might affect uh, affect the toes, and therefore, one can get damage to the nails and trauma to the nails. And diabetes patients are prone to fungal infections as well, so they can get dystrophic or, or damaged nails, and those nails can be brittle, and it may have a fungal infection. So those patients need to be seen either by a dermatologist or by a podiatrist. Uh, podiatrist is a, is a person who can actually uh, trim the nails and clear it up as well. So that's important. Kasim says, assalamu alaikum. No matter what I do, Dr. Dokrath, my toenails always seem to discolor and grow inwards. I have to use that a big type of uh, nail clipper. You know which one I mean, at clicks. <laughs> Doctor, how you respond to our brother there? Yes, I would suggest this patient needs to seek the help of a podiatrist or yes. chiropodist, and therefore they need to uh, have the nails seen to and then treated as well. Well, you heard that, uh, yeah, doctor will organize a podiatrist, and alhamdulillah, we'll try and do something there. Yes, sir, doctor, you talk about fungal infections and, you know, the nails, the skin around the nails. Uh, what happens, you know, when uh, you get maybe a bee sting right where your nail is and, you know, and your, uh, and your skin, like in the forefinger, and uh, then you find it swelling up? Uh, does it affect the, you know, the under tissue of the nails and so forth? Uh, yes, it may affect the, the skin and the tissue under the, uh, under the skin. So, therefore, if that occurs, one needs to treat it with an antibiotic capsule like Augmentin, and then one can apply Bactroban. Uh, important to treat it early, and if there's any sort of evidence of, of bee sting, one should also give an allergy tablet as well, like Allergex. Yeah, Alitex is very important because recently I was stung by a bee. I know that thing helped me out. Umar says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Bruce Schaff. I'm really enjoying the program with you and uh, Dr. Dokrat. Uh, recently, uh, this uh, Derek Watts uh, passed away because of skin cancer. I did not know that it could be so fatal. Please explain how dangerous uh, skin cancer is, uh, Doctor. That's a good question from that's Umar. A very, 
that's a very, very important part, Shafat. So as I mentioned earlier, one can get skin cancer involving the nail, and it's called melanoma. Likewise, we can get skin cancer involving the skin, and it is also called melanoma. So melanoma presents uh, with a mole or a black spot on the skin, and that black spot may have little areas of brown, white, and blue discoloration. It may be irregular. It may be large, larger than six millimeters, and that can occur usually on the sun-exposed area, usually in fair-looking patients who have had lots of sun exposure previously. And if it's not diagnosed at an early stage, then it can spread to the lungs, to the liver, to the bones, to the brain as well. And it has a high mortality. So therefore, early diagnosis is imperative in managing patients with melanoma. And unfortunately, Derek Watts, the melanoma had spread to his lungs. So it is very, very important. We in our surgery diagnose melanoma on a regular basis, and we now use a computerized system to diagnose melanoma. So when the patients come to us with a pigmented spot or a mole that's irregular, we normally treat, uh, manage those patients or a combination of our clinical features as well as the computerized mole mapping or mole scanning uh, machine as well. And uh, again, if we diagnose early, the prognosis is very good and the patient can be cured. But people say, you know, you need your vitamin D, you need to go out and stand in the sun or, you know, taking a lot of sunlight. Uh, what is the maximum that you can stand out and uh, absorb that lovely heat you get sometimes, uh, doctor? I'm glad you, ma- you made this point. There's a bit of a, uh, of a contradiction here because on the one hand, we advise patients to avoid burning in the skin and in the sun and to use sunblocks as well. But it's important that vitamin D is actually produced by sun exposure as well. So one needs about 15 minutes of sun exposure, but we must make sure that we don't go out and burn during 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. during the day, because that's when the sun's rays are intense. So uh, about 15 minutes of sun exposure is helpful. And again, one shouldn't go on to uh, to the beach and burn and tan and so on, because that can have effects. So there must be a balance of having 15 minutes of sun as well as uh, avoiding excessive sun exposure in the in the, during the period of between 10 and 3 o'clock uh, during the day. Uh, the important point about sunblock, it should be applied half an hour before one exposes one's skin to the sun, and therefore it must be applied three hours later. And that gives us adequate protection as well. And often we find that people go to the beach and they apply sunblock once, but the effectiveness is lost after three hours and they burn. So they get a false sense of protection, and uh, that's very, very important. So education is a hallmark of management. Now, well said there, and I'm thinking about individuals, uh, doctor. Most of them uh, are living in concrete jungles. You know, they live in the uh, in a flat, and they, uh, you know, in the morning they're going out to the office or the indoor. They're more like indoor plants, and they hardly see the sunlight. And uh, you know, these artificial lights we get at home, maybe blue lights, red lights, can they do the job? Uh, Shafat, that's that's an ex- excellent point. Firstly, uh, we, I'm finding in my practice that many uh, patients do not have adequate sun exposure, and when we do their blood test, it shows a low level of vitamin D. And vitamin D is an important hormone, an important vitamin as well for growth and for immunity as well, and for calcium to to you know 
to get for calcium status as well. Now, the important point is that these people should avoid going to a sun parlor or or the sun tanning uh, sun tanning spa as well, because those produce wavelengths which can cause skin cancer. So again, as I mentioned. If they cannot have 15 minutes a day, then they should have their blood tested by the medical practitioner. And if the vitamin D level is low, then we can use vitamin D in oral supplementation, and this will actually help them reach their adequate dosage. Uh, Jazakallah for that, uh, doctor. I wonder these people living in uh, the desert there, and they got this heat. Hey, how many degrees? 50 degrees, 40 degrees? Uh, if they don't stay out of the sun, uh, they can die of heat stroke, uh, doctor. Very important, Shafat. People in the Middle East, like Dubai, what happens is that the heat exposure is quite strong uh, during the day, and they can get heat stroke, and they can actually become, uh, you know, get dizzy, and they can collapse as well. And therefore, the malls have uh, air conditioners. But on the other hand, we know that air conditioners are not ideal. It can uh, it can affect the quality of the air in, indoors as well. So again, a balance between uh, air conditioning, being cool, all those factors. So what we find, it's interesting, Shafat, is that in Cape Town, we're getting a lot of people from the Middle East and Saudi Arabia coming on holiday because it was it's exceptionally hot there. And when they come to Cape Town, the weather is cool and therefore they are able to sort of enjoy the holidays as well. So this is an important fact, Shafat. I tell you, Dr. Dokrat, you know, Muhammad Dokrat, you guys or your sheikhs there, hey, they speak brilliant Arabic. I know them. Hey, there. That's why those Arabs come there. They feel very comfortable with you all. And maybe that uh, Malay cuisine also, you know, is not so uh, spicy, knee, bio spicy, knee. So those Arabs are enjoying it, doctor. Correct, yeah. Uh, the difference between Malay cuisine and Indian cuisine is Indian cuisine is much more spicy. Uh, I agree. And uh, in terms of, uh, of, uh, of chilies, much more. Uh, Malay cuisine is usually uh, sweet, you know, so uh, usually easily edible, and the Arabs enjoy the cuisine in Cape Town. We have a whole spectrum of Malay cuisine, and it's, uh, you know, when you come to Cape Town, you must try it out because it has a different texture and different taste as well. Well, when I come there, they uh, generally they fill me up with snook and chips yeah, and a lot of lemon. They say, hey, enjoy that. And Auntie Halima will say, ah, you must try our cook sisters. It's very good. Or they give you a breedy or a milk tart. And the other booby or blueby, they call it. I've, I've tried it all, uh, doctor. And alhamdulillah, you know, but I'm still a Durban Knight. I know you also a Durban Knight, ex-Durban Knight. And you love your bunny chows. You love your hot curries and so forth, if I'm not mistaken, doc. That's correct, Shafat. What we try and do, we incorporate the Malay cuisine into our our local cuisine as well. So my wife actually cooks both types of uh, cuisines and therefore we can have the best of both. Well, doctor is a very, very slim mens because he's having the best of both worlds. Adapt, adapt people. Well, uh, I'm looking at a message from uh, Yunus Bar. Yunus Bar says, I'm really enjoying the program uh, this evening, uh, Brother Shafat. Uh, full marks to Dr. Muhammad Dokrat. He says, my heels are always flaking. I'm 50 years old. What must I do, doctor? I know that syndrome, doc. Yes, important. 
So, so he's asked about his heels, and they are quite flaky. Uh, what I would actually suggest that he uses a heel balm, and the one that's very good is the Ulactol heel balm, and then you get the Eucerin heel balm, and the one by BioNike heel balm. And these are quite effective. It'll take the scaling away, and it'll smoothen the skin as well. So that's what I would suggest. Alhamdulillah. What about, you know, when you read stories and you say, even you read the story of Isa alayhi salam, that he always had his uh, feet anointed. You know, he had it oiled. And whenever a traveler came, they put a dish of oil there or olive oil and oiled the, and gave it a lovely foot massage. Such a, I, I can feel already my foot being massaged by myself with oil. Nice warm olive oil, doctor. What will it do for me? That's correct, yeah. It softens the, the skin and therefore it helps penetration of the creams that we're going to use. So a combination of both will be very effective, Shafat. Alhamdulillah, people. Yeah, get those pure olive oil. Uh, this message here says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Dokrat. Um, is it normal for a 65-year-old to have nodes, N-O-D-E-S, on his, uh, on his uh, fingers and on, on his knuckles? Uh, what is this, doctor? Nodes on his fingers and knuckles? If you're saying nodes, N-O-D-E-S, so that's, yes. that's a different condition altogether. One gets nodes in conditions like arthritis. So if he's got nodes, N-O-D-E-S, then it can be a sign of arthritis. If it's painful and if it's causing him discomfort, then he can seek the help of his general practitioner who can treat it. But the nodes are often permanent and they... Uh, basically a part of the condition of arthritis. And uh, maybe uh, it's part of aging, doctor, because his age is uh, 65. And uh, perhaps, I know, you were a very good cricketer. Even, you know, I, I played a lot of cricket. And I remember one day I was fielding, in the, you know, in the boundaries. And this guy hit the ball with such force, it hit my finger. And now I look at that middle finger, it's bent. Yeah, I know, because then everyone say, hey, how that happened? I said, you know, this happened, and I know what age it happened. Uh, perhaps I didn't treat, I uh, could have uh, fractured it then, but, you know, we were so dapper that time, Doc. We even played cricket without pads. So maybe that finger is a bit bent because I didn't treat it then, uh, Doctor. Correct. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, often we find that uh, when conditions are, uh, arise at a later stage, they may have a cause earlier in one's life. And as you mentioned, if one has an injury, it can also also uh, sort of reflect at an uh, at a later stage. Now, definitely, we can give an answer for everything. Yeah, you do a stock take, yeah, introspection, and you'll get answers. I know that, uh, doctor. This uh, question says, uh, white spots are appearing on my arms. Should I be concerned, doctor? Okay. Uh, when we look at white spots, there are certain conditions that we consider. The common one is vitiligo, which is the white spots that occur on the arms, on the hands, or on the face as well. And this is usually a familial condition where one gets a pigmentation loss in those areas. And vitiligo is a condition one can treat with topical creams as well as what we call phototherapy. It's, a, it's called UVB phototherapy. And then if white spots occur on the body or neck or upper arm, then it can be part of a fungal infection. And that fungal in infection can be treated with tablets as well as a shampoo called Kes shampoo. 
and one leaves that on overnight and washes it off. And one can also apply a cream called ketazol cream as well. So there are two causes of the white spots. Well, uh, Doctor, you talk about vertiligo and, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people do get it, but if they get it in spots where people can't see it, uh, you know, maybe it comes on the face and all, then I think uh, people get very concerned, uh, Doctor. I'm in full agreement, Shafat. Uh, again, if I have a patient with vitiligo involving the body, then what I emphasize to them that the skin where the vitiligo has occurred is completely normal. So, you know, they don't have to worry about it. And, you know, they don't have to spend a lot of money applying creams and having uh, treatment for it. But if it affects the face, then it's visible. And therefore, we treat proactively. And, in fact, we prescribe topical creams uh, as well as the light therapy. And the results are very good. We also see vitiligo in young children as well. And in their case as well, we treat actively as well because often, you know, people ask them, you know, what the problem is. In India, when people get white spots of vitiligo, it's often mistaken as leprosy. So again, you know, correct diagnosis, patient education, education of the public is very important. The AI coming to the fore and the advancement in machinery and uh, so forth, uh, Doctor, in your field of, uh, you know, as a dermatologist, uh, how have you advanced? You know, is it become much easier to diagnose uh, patients and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, the machine doing the job or the computers doing all your diagnosis and even giving uh, the prescription, Doctor? That's a very interesting point, Shafat. Uh, first of all, AI is going to take away a lot of diagnostic tools that we have. Uh, what we do is we use computerized images for diagnosis as well. But one shouldn't forget that the clinical assessment is always important. So we combine the clinical assessment with a artificial intelligence as well. We normally use scanners for skin cancer. We use scanners for hair problems. And then also... Uh, we do a lot of teleconsulting as well. So what happens is patients have a rash in any part of the country, and usually they send it to me, then I can have a look at it and make a diagnosis and advise them which way forward. And I usually do that at no charge. So a lot of times I get calls from different parts of the country, and people are often, you know, concerned or worried, and then one makes a diagnosis, and then one can sort of inform them accordingly. Yes, uh, very soon I believe you'll be using drones hmm, to do diagnosis. I mean, you'll send that whole drone there with the camera. You'll go there, land in the rural part of, okay, you know, in the faint boss somewhere, and uh, you can uh, do a consultation with the patients. Can that be, I mean, or deliver the medicine with that and do the consultation via Zoom, doctor? Yeah, the consultation via Zoom is very effective, and drones are used for to provide medicines for people in the far you know, areas in the in the rural areas. And again, drones are going to become more sort of important as we go along. And again, it can reach, you know, far far areas, the, the rural areas, and all the combination of drones, artificial intelligence, Zoom, uh, WhatsApp, all of them will combine to provide uh, good patient care. Now, Doctor, you know, you are very fortunate that you have seen uh, different phases in your field of uh, dermatology. And, uh, you know, one of them being, uh, you know, this uh, new technology coming through. And uh, perhaps the new dermatologist won't have the same type of uh, 
you know, experience you had, uh, you, you were more with Mother Nature and you lived it, uh, you treated people, you know, the, the, the basic way. Now, they will, will they have that empathy, the sympathy like you had and people in your, in your era? Uh, I agree with you absolutely, uh, Shafat. Uh, the important point is no matter how good one is as a dermatologist, it's important for us to have a holistic assessment of the situation and patient care. So empathy, discussing the problem with the patient, spending time with the patient, patient education, all of these would actually help in the consultation. And I hope the new generation doctors would also take that into account. So it's not simple as being a bright person and then being able to treat without having the the actual, you know, personal interaction. It's very, very important. Well, you can hear it in our Dr. Muhammad Doklat. He's got TLC, people. Yeah, he's on the air too. I can feel that. He really cares for you. Uh, this question says, Doctor, uh, are moles are appearing on my nose. I'm a senior citizen. How do you help a senior citizen here, doctor? Okay. There's two aspects to it, Shafat. First of all, one needs to examine to make sure that it is benign and it's not malignant cancer. If it's benign and it's not malignant cancer, then one can leave it alone. It's more a cosmetic problem. If one is concerned about it, then one can do a biopsy, which is a skin test, to send to the laboratory to confirm you know, whether it's cancer or not. So again, if the if the person's mole is black, brown, irregular, discolored, bleeding, itchy, painful, then they must seek the help of a dermatologist. Yeah, we hear of uh, many of these people. But uh, generally, you know, when people have moles, they go for surgery, uh, doctor, and take it out immediately. Shafat, if the diagnosis of skin cancer is made, then it's removed immediately. If the clinical examination mm-hmm. shows that it's not cancer and then we examine that on the mold machine, the mold mapping machine, and if it confirms that it's not cancer, then we leave it alone. So if there's concern, then it's best to take it out and to surgically excise it. Okay, and some people say, hey, I don't want a mold on my nose, so you will still take it out for them. That would be, yes, one would remove it for cosmetic reasons. And we have a lot of patients coming with... Uh, cosmetic, uh, yeah. with yeah, with a problem of moles in the on the nose or on the cheeks as well, and then we can remove it and provide a good cosmetic result. Right, and we got that uh, term cosmetic or cosmetic surgery. Um, this question says, uh, Doctor, many go to the barbers uh, to remove hairs from the nostrils and ear. How does a doctor advise? <laughs> I know the Pakistani uh, barber, you say, Hey, Bhai Shafat, I use wax. I say, Hey, don't want all that. Uh, doctor, but how? How do you advise? Okay. The important thing is the excess hair and the ears, they can do threading, and it's very good, and they're quite, uh, they're quite good with, uh, with doing threading. And then, again, with the nose, uh, basically they trim the nose, uh, the hair in the nose. Uh, one of the other ways that we can treat it is with laser, but I would say just keep to the old traditional methods, you know, one doesn't need to spend a lot of money having laser treatment done. So I would actually suggest that uh, trimming the hair in the nose and using threading in the ears is adequate. Now, doctor, I know, this is not a laughable thing. The people, some of them tweeze it out. Tweezer, doc. How painful is that? 
you know, extremely painful, painful, and waxing as well. Waxing is an extremely painful treatment, so one can avoid that. Well, doctor, this question says here, how does a mosquito and other insect bites affect the skin? Good question. Excellent question, Shafat. Usually we call it insect bite reaction. So again, mosquitoes, if they, if they, you know, uh, they, they, we have a problem because they can cause, cause malaria. So it's important. Well, fortunately, most of South Africa is free of malaria, but certain parts of the eastern trans, Mapumalanga and Mozambique, they are areas which have a high incidence of malaria. So again, one needs to use uh, insect repellents. One can use uh, prophylactic or preventive anti-malarial tablets as well, especially if one goes to Mozambique. And then malaria, uh, again, prevention is very important by wearing long-sleeve clothing. And if one goes to a malaria area, one needs to use netting when one sleeps. Now, uh, as far as other insect bites are concerned, we have in the Cape the common sand flea, and it causes a condition called papular urticaria or insect bite allergy. And what happens, you get a single bite, and the body's immune system provides multiple areas of itchy spots as well. So what one needs to do is to treat these patients immediately. So one can prescribe an antihistamine allergy syrup to prevent excess itching. One can use an antiseptic cream if there's any infection. One can use calamine lotion as well. And again, we can advise patients to use insect repellent at night on their sleeves and the, uh, the pajama trousers as well to prevent the insects from coming through. Uh, this actually uh, protects them from getting insect bites. One of the other ways that we do it is a natural way. We prescribe a vitamin called thiamine, T-H-I-A-M-I-N-E. The thiamine tablets are taken orally and therefore they're secreted in the sweat. And when insects come close to the skin, that sweat, that smell actually repels them. And then the other forms of uh, of bites, spider bites as well, they can be quite dangerous. One needs to treat it urgently. Yeah, I know those are spider bites. And uh, they, why do spider bites, uh, you know, uh, 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 stay for, for longer periods, uh, doctor? And, uh, you know, people really suffer with it. And a lot of swelling comes through. What's the reason for that? Yes, the spiders can, some of the spiders can have a toxin and that can stay in the body for a prolonged period of time. But it's important says, for yeah. us to be aware that uh, when the prophet was in the cave and when the people came to attack him, the spider uh, provided a web. a web. Yes, yes. Yeah, and also, you know, the miracle there, the spider's web was there, and also a dove laid an egg there. So when these guys came there, they looked in and said, no, man. And one guy said, the spider's web there, it hasn't been broken. And there's also an egg there. You can see that. If these, right. the uh, Prophet and Abu Bakr, Radiyal Anhu, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if they went through, then all this would have been broken. So look at the karamah. The lovely story, doctor. And uh, bless you for bringing that up. Uh, this question here says, quite often I get burnt uh, with a pot or a frying pan. How should I treat it? It's quite annoying, suffering uh, weeks on end. Sometimes I just put butter and sometimes white flour. But doctor, have you have uh, have you got any other methods? Poor sister getting burnt okay. all the time now, doc. 
Shafat, it's important. First of all, prevention is better than cure. So this person must be very, very careful when they're in contact with any instrument or any apparatus which can cause burning as well, especially hot water, especially uh, any form of burns. And then instead of using butter, which can aggravate the burn, one uh, or flour, which can aggravate the burn, one should use burn shield. Burn shield actually protects the skin and allows the burn to heal. Hey, that's uh, very important. Hey, Doc, the importance of having a first aid kit at home. Emphasize on that, uh, Doctor, and tell us what we should have in it. Essential, I agree with you. The first thing one should have in the safety, uh, safety unit kit is uh, an antiseptic like betadine. Secondly, one should have dressings, various types of dressings to, to, to make sure that if we have any cuts or burns, one can actually dress that. Then one should actually have crepe bandage. One can t- have allergy tablets as well, and one can keep burn shield as well. So this combination is quite helpful, especially uh, when they're driving and they're going on a trip as well. Uh, it will always be helpful. Yes, uh, Doctor, I can tell you it was a brilliant uh, consultation in your company. always enjoy uh, you on uh, the platforms of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah or Jama'ah. Your parting words uh, this evening? Uh, Shafat Jazakallah for inviting me, and I'm glad that the uh, that the public has benefited from our interaction. You're an important part of the process as well, Shafat. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You have a beautiful, blessed evening ahead, and give our regards and salams to all the Muslims of Cape Town, Doctor. Will you do that for us? In, inshallah. Yes, our doctor. Uh, Muhammad Dr. Abde, our dermatologist, are really giving you a brilliant uh, consultation and a big jazakallah khairah to all of you for sending in uh, those questions. Marcus Sahaba on-